Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. Today is January 23rd of 2023. It would be Monday of the third week in ordinary time. But in the U.S., we celebrate the day of prayer for the legal protection of unborn children. It's also the optional memorial of St. Vincent, deacon and martyr, and the optional memorial of St. Mary and Cope, virgin. Today's gospel comes to us from the gospel of the day, taken from Mark's gospel, chapter 3, verses 22 through 30. The scribes who had come from Jerusalem said of Jesus, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he drives out demons. Summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. That is the end of him. But no one can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder the house. Amen, I say to you, all sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. Today's Gospel from Mark presents us with the complaining of the scribes who came up from Jerusalem. Now these scribes claim that Jesus was able to drive out demons by the power of the prince of demons. And then we also have Jesus' response. Now there's two things that really call our attention about the scribes. First, Mark tells us that they had come from Jerusalem. Now that might not seem that important to us, but recall that these chapters of Mark's Gospel are taking place in Galilee, around the city of Capernaum. Now, the distance from Jerusalem to Capernaum is about 100 miles. That's a long way to walk if all you're going to do is just complain. Second, notice that the scribes didn't deny the miracle. In other words, they accepted the fact that Jesus really had expelled a demon. But rather than rejoice in it, they took it in completely the wrong way, attributing that good work to the devil himself. Now we can take these two points and apply them to our own lives and vocations. First, we know that our vocations are entirely unique and precious graces given to us by God. Even if we didn't walk a hundred miles, internally, the spiritual distance that we've traveled has been even greater. Because the turning away from the world and its delights, the complete surrender of oneself to God, is truly one of God's masterpieces. Even in the face of such a great miracle, though, there's often that temptation to reject some suffering or complain about it, to reject some small trial or correction, some spiritual struggle or desolation, as though God didn't permit it or as if he didn't know about it. On the contrary, our response must be, in the words of St. Alphonsus Liguori, to unite ourselves to God's will, not only in the things that come to us directly from his hands, such as sickness, desolation, poverty, but likewise in those we suffer from man. For example, contempt, injustice, loss of temporal goods, and all kinds of persecution. 
On these occasions, he continues, we must remember that while God does not will the sin, he does will our humiliation, our poverty, or our mortification, as the case may be. Let us then abandon everything to God's good pleasure, because being infinitely wise, he knows what's best for us. And being all good and all loving, having given his life for us, he wills what is best for us. Let us then, as St. Basil counsels, rest secure in the conviction that, beyond the possibility of doubt, God works to affect our welfare, infinitely better than we could ever hope to accomplish or desire it ourselves. We have an excellent example of this abandonment in St. Thomas Aquinas. When he decided to become a Dominican, his family literally kidnapped him and held him in the family castle, waiting for him to take off that habit and reject his vocation. But rather than anger him or break his resolve, that opportunity provided him the chance to memorize almost the entire Bible and the works of Aristotle, as well as to bear such a great witness to the religious life that soon one of his sisters followed him in consecrating herself to God. We can ask ourselves, how well do we unite our wills with Christ? Do we see all things as coming from his hands? Secondly, this gospel should put our hearts at ease, since it reminds us who's really in charge in the world. Some scholars have pointed out that the name Belzebul means Lord of the dwelling, the one who's in charge of the house. And we see this meaning reflected in the imagery that Christ uses. Christ has some power where he guards his possessions, or Satan has some power, excuse me, Satan has some power in the world where he guards his possessions. But Christ is really the one who's in charge. Since the devil only has as much power as Christ permits him to yield. Against Christ's power, Satan is no match. This is what Christ reminds us of during the Last Supper when he says, I have told you this so that you might have peace in me. In the world you will have trouble. But take courage. I have conquered the world. When we unite ourselves to God's will, making our wills uniform with his, we're reminded that, especially in the midst of difficulties, Christ is the one who pulls all the strings. He's the one who knows everything and who orders everything for our good. Through the intercession of Mary, help of Christians, let's ask for the grace to find our peace in Christ and have a providential vision of life, knowing that God orders all things for our good. <laughs>